to say the capitalist slut jingle. I don't know why I got it a slut jingle. <laughs> this is slut to capitalism. Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being is a Homestuck fan analysis podcast and is not affiliated with Andrew Hussey, Viz Media, What Pumpkin Studios, or any of Homestuck's official entities. Please remember to support the release of its books and merchandise whenever possible. Feel free to read along with us. If you have epilepsy or any other light-sensitive disabilities or disorders, we suggest you stick to the audio. This show is not safe for work, and if you're a minor, we ask that you wait to listen until you're old enough to vote for our clown juggalo overlords. It's time to go to hell. And welcome to Look How Sane and Linear We Are Being, a Homestuck fan cast in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Elizabeth. I'm also Elizabeth, and I'm extremely frightened. What are you frightened of? We are getting so fucking close to the day where I have to say the name of my cockatiel out loud with my human mouth. <laughs> because Elizabeth... I don't know if I told you this, but we had this reading session, we have next reading session, and then it's Act 5. Oh, that's exciting. Then we're going to be getting to the trolls. I do want to know, is Act 5 good? I will admit this, and I think I admitted this in some capacity in Episode 1, but I am going to just come right out and admit it. I... No Homestuck. I, I know, you know, I know enough about Homestuck. Remembering whether specific parts are good or not, I don't remember. <laughs> I remember which parts are bad. I don't remember which parts are good. I remember as a teen really liking Act 5. Okay. But do you trust teenage me? Do you trust me as a teenager to know what is good media? No. No. That's what I fucking thought, asshole. All I uncalled for. You know what? Fuck, asshole, first, bitch. First, You're a hey, fucking douchebag. You are a bitch. First you call our beloved. I just got that carcinogeneticist bug, you know, because we had a conversation with him and he was just, you know, coming all right and that's nook sucker, fucking. First you call our our lovely sponsors they don't they don't sponsor us we just use their jingle to to sync up our audio first you did you call them capitalist sluts or did you call us capitalist sluts i just said i just said state farm capitalist slut (laughs) (laughs) now we have to put a content warning that i say the slut word yeah i'm just saying like you are your i don't like the word no just your mouth is out of control Today. It's because we read a carcinogeneticist thing and he was just slamming insults all over the place, fucking trolling everybody, and he's bad at trolling. Like, he isn't the worst. The problem is John is untrollable. John is a dense motherfucker. John is very easy to troll if you're trying to get him to actually do something, such as be 
party to his own demise, clearly. But if you're trying to just, like, wind him up and make him mad, it's impossible. Oh, I just had a bad thought. What's your bad thought? Carcat is negative. Please explain. I'm just looking at all these fucking metaphors here. I I just want to read these to you. Please. You tell me if they sa- if they just sound like Dave Strider to you. It's going to be like that human vacation with the giant red chimney asshole up in here. You know, the one where a bunch of moany nook suckers sing at a little pine tree, I think. Is that not David S. Strider? I don't know what his middle name is. Well, now it starts with an S, I guess. No, you're right. Oh, only just now? Fuck, you are fast. I hope you got the mad boon bucks to pay off those speeding tickets. It's just that- Is that not something that would come right out of Dave's yes, gullet? Yes, except that there is one key difference between Carcat and Dave, and that is that Carcat cares so much about everything all the time, and Dave tries to make it seem like, at least, that he cares about nothing ever. I hate it that I did not pick up on either of those facts when I was- reading this as a teenager, but you, you've just got them right out of the gate. <laughs> well, I am not a teenager. I am 23 human years old. I hope so. You should have a better emotional handle on everything as a 23-year-old rather than a 17-year-old. Yeah. I was going to point out, like, one thing Carcat cares so much about in this conversation, but he just cares about everything. Always. John is just a brick wall here. John isn't having any of it, is he? Carcat is just piling insults on him and being difficult, and John's just like the embodiment of the colon capital D emoji. <laughs> the entire time, and Honestly, John's doing a little better trolling Carcat than Carcat's doing at trolling John. I know. <laughs> John is doing such a good job of it, I think, because Carcat underestimates him so much. Because John is like, oh yeah, we're born as these little slimy pods, and these guys are so weird, I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is wild. <laughs> oh boy. Carcat just totally buys it. Even with John's in-chat laughter. It is established near the beginning of this conversation that this is one of Carcat's early conversations with John. He's not at the very end of it. And John has had many conversations with Carcat at this point because, you know, he's working backwards like a dumbass. (laughs) John knows stuff that Carcat doesn't. He knows more. He, he's more accustomed to this, and Carcat isn't, and I do like this slow shift between John being like, I don't know who this fucking is, to John being like, oh, I know who this is, he's harmless, and he's kind of an idiot. Right. I do want to point out that Carcat does try to have the faintest bit of a connection with John, in which he was like, I did the same thing you did, except I had... 24 of these little assholes running around and I was freaking out a lot and then John was like hmm no I'm gonna joke about this actually fuck you I feel like a little bit bad for Carcat a little (laughs) bit 
he is trying to troll John, but also he's not a bad person. He's just doing his job. I th- I think this is really like the first conversation we get with Carcat, where it's just like, oh right, yeah, <laughs> he is also a person, <laughs> right? Which is ironic since this is earlier on for him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I need to keep a whole conspiracy wall with red yarn and stuff to keep track of all of the time shenanigans. You know, Elizabeth, you really don't if you are smart and can pay attention to all this time bullshit like me. Oh, I see. Well, one of us has already read this entire thing, so knows what's going on and has spent the past however many years with other people who know what's going on, and the other person on this podcast hasn't done any of that. We've been reading this for almost 2,000 pages. I feel like you should know what the fuck you're talking about now. I feel like I should just get a little leeway because I'm doing my best here. Oh, oh, Elizabeth, oh, I didn't realize that the Paradox clone machine made nine babies. Elizabeth, uh-huh. John made some babies today. He made eight of them. I'm just staring at this gif of John and all of the babies. I want to go through the babies real quick. Yes. So first off, we have the two babies near the front, the two little blonde babies, and one has a headband and one doesn't. What are your thoughts on these babies? Like, who are they? Yeah. Well, the one with the headband is Rose, and the one without the headband is Rose's mom. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Is she technically Rose's mom? What? Yes, she adopted and raised her, and they are technically genetically related, but is she Rose's mom? Ah. Rose was... Made of half of her genetic material. And half of who else's genetic material? Bro? (laughs) Is that how this is going? I think that's right. It's like Rose's mom and Dave's brother's genetic material combined. Oh yeah. And made Dave and Rose. Oh yeah. Do not. Do not even start. Also, this is the first time we've seen Dave without his sunglasses, even though he's just a baby. I know. I know. And also Dave's brother. Yes, that's true. I will say, though, all of the black-haired babies do have glasses. (laughs) No. Hold on. We're going to get to that in a minute. (laughs) They all do. There's a lot to unpack there. But yeah. Dave's brother did have a pair of baby shades on hand. (laughs) Yes. Just in case. The occasion arose where he needed very small sunglasses. If he needed very small sunglasses, he was ready. He knew exactly what was going on, I feel like. Oh yeah, clearly. But also, bro in baby form is in a tube of broken glass right here. Yeah, John's not very good at caring for these children. He is 13. He is 13, he is a child himself. I almost dropped a baby on the ground when I was 13. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine giving me seven more babies. Yeah, that's just so many babies. I did not drop the baby on the ground. I'm glad. 
but I almost dropped a baby on the ground. I'm glad you didn't. So we have figured out the four blonde babies. And also, I do want to point out, it's a little weird. Rose's guardian is Rose's mom. Yes. And Dave's guardian, who has the same genetic relationship to Dave as Rose's mom is to Rose, is Dave's brother and not Dave's father. Right. That's just a thing that we accepted. Also, Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. Does this mean that Rose and Dave are related? Yes. It means not only are they related, but they are practically twins. Yeah, no, I guess so. How did two babies come out of that? Because, I mean, they, they, would be, they would be fraternal twins. Right. Just because, you know, they're not exactly the same. Right. As far as we can tell, I guess, I mean, they are wearing diapers. Yeah, I mean, they're not quite the same age, so I guess they're just siblings. I don't know, they're as close as siblings can be without actually being twins, probably. You know what, I, 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 I will, I'll take that. But anyway, to the black-haired babies. Yeah. They already have their glasses. And they all have different shapes of glasses. The two boy babies have the same glasses, but the two girl babies do not. Ah, uh, yes, the two genders. <laughs> yeah. Square glasses and round glasses. Oh man, I have square glasses. And I have round glasses. <laughs> Wait. Ah, uh, no. Wait. <laughs> oh. Sorry you had to find out this way, Elizabeth. <laughs> So Jade's grandpa is the other boy. Right. That's not John. Right. That looks a lot like John, though. Right, but with the different hair. They could be twins. Yes. And then there's Jade and John. And then there is Nana. What? Did you not pick up that that's Nana? Of course I did. I definitely, totally, completely did. Oh, Okay. So, Elizabeth, I will, I will put this into simple terms because apparently you are the ninth baby. Listen! So, basically, Jade's grandpa and John's nana were raised together by a dog. Yeah, not even a special dog. I think at that point it was just a dog? At that point it was just a dog. They were raised by a dog. Yep, Peter Pan style. Because Jade's grandpa shot the dad in the heart. Yep. This is why you don't give babies guns. Double flintlock pistols, yes. Uh-huh. They were raised by the dogs. Jade's grandpa then decided to go on an interstellar adventure into space in the veil. Mm-hmm. And John's grandma... Did not. ...is there. Right. We saw some Betty Crocker stuff. Yes, we did. There was a factory and it got destroyed. Yes, yes. Now, I don't know if you picked this up, Elizabeth. Probably not. Go on. That is the meteor that Nana came in. Because when they were talking about Colonel Sassaker, they said, oh, yeah, this is Colonel Sassaker's new daughter. She came in from the meteor with the destruction of that factory. Wait, did I say that right? Wait. Am I getting any of this right? Because this is some bullshit. <laughs> I know, it's some bullshit. No, we gotta get this set straight because I don't want to get called out. So John arrived in the meteor that destroyed the joke shop, right? No, the meteor and the joke shop were different. That's John's meteor. Right, that's what I was saying. That's the one that killed Nana and that John came in. Yes, that's, that's, that's the John meteor. Right. 
then we had 421-1910, which was the Jade Grandpa one. Right. So here, here's the text. It says, Eight days prior, the orphan girl was taken in by an aristocratic southern colonel and legendary humorist, Colonel Sassaker. He recovered the young lady from a crater where a bakery once stood, operated by the man's wife, a notable baked goods baroness. Okay, so it wasn't the factory. It was just a bakery that Betty Crocker ran. Right. And then later, there was a different meteor that destroyed the Betty Crocker. Was that Rose's? I guess that was Rose's. I think that was Rose. Let, let's let's go check. <laughs> oh God! I don't want to say. Oh, oh uh, uh, I'm going to start on page 1865, and I'm going to go forward. Yeah, good idea. So yeah, okay. So there's the factory. Wait, there's the factory. This timeline is all fucked up. It was in John's old neighborhood. Basically, what happens is it looks like this is December. So this is December first. I think December 1st is Rose. I think that's Rose. Oh, looking over this again, of course that was Nana. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. I know what I'm doing. That meteor comes down and it ju- I think it just destroys the factory and no babies come out of it. Okay, right, right, right. Maybe. That that's a that's a no baby meteor. <laughs> Where did Jade come in because in the second one there isn't a meteor crash, it's just that we see the Dave meteor. I think what they're implying is that there was another meteor from before on that same day that was Jade's meteor. Okay. So it was just going somewhere else. And then this one is implying that this is the Dave meteor going somewhere else. Right. I think it's just a way for them to just kind of show, yeah, this is the order of events that's going in. So then Bro... Yeah, Bro's here with his tiny sunglasses. Bro apparently knew that there was going to be a meteor with a baby in it. Right. Okay, and then there's the John meteor here. So, no, the Betty Crocker one must have been the Rose one. It might have been. Uh, it says a professional lady and new mother had traveled, has traveled from the opposite coast. Hmm. So did we just not see the Rose meteor at all? I guess we just didn't see the other meteor. So we did not see the Rose and the Jade meteors at all. No. I mean, the Jade meteor was alluded to, but we didn't see it. Right. Okay. The one that hits the prank shop is the one that John comes out of. Right, right. And also, John's dad does sniff this scarf. Yes. So John's dad is Nana's actual son. He's not a Paradox clone. So Nana fucked. (laughs) Well. Or Nana adopted. Yeah, one of the two. I'd like to think that Nana fucked. Of course you would. I would really like to know if Nana fucked. Somehow I'm not surprised. Hey Elizabeth, who do you think Nana fucked? I do not wish to know, actually. I'm fine with living in ignorance. It can be anyone except Jade's grandpa. Mm, yep. Because Nana isn't related to anybody else on the planet. It's true. She only has to worry about one person to not fuck. Yeah. I was going to say, man, but this is it. And then I was like, yeah, it's a paradox. That's the whole point. Nana is a bachelorette. I bet she fucked a lot of people. All right. Okay. 
Well, she doesn't anymore because she's dead. Oh, I think you can still fuck someone as a ghost. She's not even a ghost. She's a sprite. Oh, yeah. She has a corporeal form now. <laughs> I so. Who do you think that is fucking now? One of the imps? <laughs> oh, I think Nana and Jack Noir. <laughs> anyway, he was the only... The, the, uh, John's dad is the only caretaker. I mean, okay, the dog is the caretaker of Jade and not the grandpa. But the grandpa does, like, exist. He's just not. Did you just say of Jade? The... the you mean Nana, right? It's Nana and the grandpa. I mean, Jade did also get raised by a dog, but that yeah, is a different no, yes, dog. Yes. No, I was talking about Jade. Okay. Yeah, because John's dad is not like the others. He's not a paradox clone. Whereas Rose's mom and Bro and Jade's grandpa are. We're wrong to loop him in with all of the other Paradox clones, even though the story tells us that we should. He occupies a different space. Yes. So that's all of the Paradox people taken care of, I guess. I just want to take one moment to say they were cloned from themselves. Yes. I get that that's the whole point of the Paradox thing, but like... By all accounts, none of them should exist. Elizabeth, don't think about it. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. This does mean Jade and John are brother and sister. Rose and Dave are brother and sister. Yes. Do not put them together. Nope. Absolutely not. Then no. No. That would be a bad decision. You can't do that. Nope. It also means that they get to share Durst and Prospect with their siblings. That's also true. That doesn't really have any bearing on anything. I just thought it's it's interesting. That's nice. It is nice. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Yes. How many Parent Trap style fix for these siblings? How many what? Parent trap style fix. Now, now. Uh-huh. No, no. We're not getting into that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I Elizabeth, like... Elizabeth, I value, I value you as a friend. I value you as a, as a business partner. I value you as a confidant. I'm not going into the archive of our own... <laughs> tags to find homestuck fan fiction for this podcast we are not getting into the fan fiction fuck you coward i i'm not doing it i'm i'm drawing the line there that is not something we're doing here just like five minutes ago you seemed pretty interested in who nana was fucking so see i thought this would have been right down your alley no! No, that's different! That's different! Is it? Yes! Let me tell you, Liz, if there is anywhere you could find out who Nana was fucking, it's on Archive of Our Own. That's just speculation that is not canon. I am only interested in canon Homestuck content. <sighs> I'm not going into the fanfiction archives for this. That's not for me. 
I, I'm sure that's not for a lot of our listeners, too. Please back me up on this one, you guys. <laughs> those, da- those days are behind me. And we're all so proud of you for putting them there. Now, I, I will say, I will, when, I, when I was a tyke, yes. I did participate in it when I was a tyke. Oh, did you now? Now, I'm pretty sure it's all deleted. I think I deleted all of it. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I see. You started that sentence with the passive voice there. Oh, it's all deleted somehow. Magically. I think it is. No, no. I was a teenager. Teenagers do do things with their time that they would not do as adults. Yeah, that's true. I would not write homestuck fanfiction again if given any chance at all. And I do have the chance because I do run a homestuck fancast. You do. That is that is that better or worse than writing homestuck fanfiction? Ooh, ooh. I was a teenager. I was a teenager. No, I'm just. That's a difficult question. I don't know if we can answer it. I don't know if anybody can answer it. Yeah. You know what? question we can answer though what the questions i'm gonna pose to you in the mini game that's debatable hello everybody it's time for the best part of the podcast it is the mid-episode mini game where you know what it is by now don't you you fuckers hopefully you do no, maybe someone jumped in right here in episode in eight. episode eighteen. Yes, in episode eighteen of a chronological Homestuck fan cast. Hell no, you know what we're about. Get off my dick. <laughs> the car cat conversation has made me so confrontational today. <laughs> Apparently, oh, oh. Anyway, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of mini games. I'm just gonna spin the wheel now, then. Or do you want me to read them out? What minigames are there? Since, since you think we have people in our audience that don't know the minigames by now, you should read the minigames out loud so that they all know what the fuck they're getting into, Elizabeth. I see how it is. Oh, wait. We have image description, music appreciation, true or false, hussies fixations, and troll who wants to be a millionaire. Those are the games. And if you don't know what the fuck those are, then get out of my fucking house. Well, you could also just go back and listen to the other episodes. You could do that. Go spin that wheel. I'm gonna spin that wheel. And we are gonna play... Image Description. Oh, my goodness. Well, Elizabeth, we play Image Description so rarely. I'll have you know that we do have some submissions from fans. Oh boy. So we have two for today. One of them was submitted a while back. And one of them is just one that I have in my archives because I've been wanting to show you this one. Oh boy. Image description is a game where I send a JPEG of a page of Homestuck to Elizabeth that she has not read yet, and force her to give us context for it. Elizabeth? Uh, yes? I have uh, an image for you. Do you? This one was sent in by the always lovely Vrisrezi. Oh boy! <laughs> she has sent in image descriptions before. 
this is this is one that she said it a while back that has like a bunch in them, but this this one is one of my favorites. <laughs> so, Elizabeth. Yes. What is on the screen that I have just sent over to you? Okay, give give me a second to get my bearings here. It's a very colorful image, I do say. Now, I apologize because this one did not have a page number that came along with it, but if you are a Homestuck fan, it's a trickster panel. <laughs> it is, it's, it's actually one of the first trickster panels. Well, first of all, it's very colorful. There are lots of rainbow stripes at the bottom and the top that are like sort of rainbow road style kind of thing and depicts a person in the middle. Do you know this person? I have my guesses. Generally speaking, I wonder if maybe, possibly, this is only my guess, clearly, could be a young Nana because of the glasses shape and the shirt. Maybe. And the hair. Maybe, who knows? And also it's a trickster. Yeah, so it also says engage trickster mode, and there are a bunch of little things, diamond things, scattered around, and this this person is wearing a yellow dress with a little pink slimer kinda thing on it, and mm -hmm. their eyes are very, very blue, and they have a little cupcake in their hair, and they're... Wearing pink and blue socks and one red shoe. And holding a large red and green lollipop. And they have a very terrifying smile on their face. It is a little terrifying. I will point out, this Homestuck character has a canon skin tone. You're right. Yeah, that's a good point. This, this person is white. Mm-hmm. Or at least light-skinned, for sure. At least. At least. Yep. Again, thank you, Versrezi, for this horrible nightmare. <laughs> yep, this one's gonna haunt my dreams. For sure. It's really bad. I actually hate this scene <laughs> that, that, this, that this page comes in. It's a bad scene. Oh, boy. All right, now let me get the one that I made. Or that I got. And this is page 5,135. That's still a number of pages in the future. I know, it's so far away. So far away. But tell me, Elizabeth, what is in this image? Um, well, it is a rather apocalyptical... Apocalyptic... It looks like the apocalypse. And it's very red, and there is what looks like a giant red sun or clouds or some kind of thing in the sky, and below there is what appears to be some kind of red liquid, and in it are a bunch of Statues of Liberty. Like how many? Like a lot, like at least eight. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a good amount of eight, them. Eight or nine, yeah. I can't tell what that is in the foreground, if it's like someone standing on something, or if it's just really close to the camera, or what. But it's a pretty grim scene here. I will say both of these images make beautiful use of, of vibrant color. I know. 
you know, the, the images that we've seen so far in Homestuck, there have been some exceptions, but most of it is very white. Yes, it's just very washed out and very, it's just, it's just lines. There's not a whole lot of color except for, you know, a little bit of green, maybe, or roses on it, and things like that. I will say I do remember the the page with this trickster mode, and it is a very seizurific page. Why am I not surprised? I know! Those rainbows move! Oh, jeez! I don't like that! That sounds terrible! Those are two small glimpses into the future. Oh, boy. Thank you again to Twitter user at Resrezi for... That whole post that I keep pulling image descriptions from because there are a lot of really good ones in it. And also, thank you to me for <laughs> that other one. How gracious. I love you. I love you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so, did I do good? Did I describe the images so well? Did I win the mini game? Now, no. I'm going to say you did not win the mini game. Why didn't I win the mini game because elizabeth uh-huh. you did not properly describe the skin tone of the trickster and you did not properly clock what was in the foreground of the statue of liberty photo so because of those two things i'm gonna have to give you a 20 percent uh and a 20 percent is not a passing excuse grade excuse you 20 percent You've lost the minigame? Do you know what happens when you lose a minigame? I am too busy feeling affronted on my own behalf. Not everything is as easy as grad school, huh, sweet cheeks? (laughs) Clearly. Real life is hard, bitch. (laughs) Real life is hard. You have to describe homestuck panels. Yeah, this is your life now. (laughs) Good luck. Have fun. This is what you graduated for. I got a degree in Homestuck. No, again, you do not have a degree in Homestuck. I have a degree in Homestuck. Oh, yes, of course. I'm still in grad school for Homestuck. I see. You're a Homestuck undergrad. Anyway, we'll see you all at the end of the episode. (laughs) Alrighty-roo, Elizabeth. Alrighty-roo. This session had something different about it and that is that it was a real short one because you know we're getting near the end of this act and a lot of the the map is like oh yeah this section of homestuck is 20 pages long who what who the fuck cares but there is something i wanted to talk about that didn't have anything to do with the reading all right So, I have been told on Twitter that the Carapacians are not bugs. Yes. Yes. Oh, and by the way, I just want to put this on the table before we talk about anything. And that is, I had a whole fucking Twitter thread about this when this person tweeted at us. Do not be mean to this person on Twitter. Yes. I think they have brought up some very valid points. I just think it would be very dishonest of us if we did not address it ever. Yes. I do not think that there are any bad questions in here. 
I am just saying, I want to make that perfectly clear, we are not making fun of this person. <laughs> no, these are good questions. Not just the bug question, although the bug question is important. The bug question is important because I actually do have a bone to pick with the bug question. But... <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into the bugs, because it's very... It's very important. It's always a question of how do we critique media, especially when it comes to world building, how do we see it within the own universe and from an outside perspective? And how do we sort of balance those views? I think that's all valid to, to take into account. Yeah. It can be tricky. Flat thing at the beginning, this, this Twitter user is super cool. Also, if you ever want to tweet at us with a long thread, I'm not discouraging that. This was a delightful thing to see at the, after we posted the episode. I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> a conversation. I love those. That's the whole thing. This is the whole thing. This is the whole podcast. This is what we do. <laughs> there was a thread that query user at Toontush. Toontush or Toontush? It's not tush as in butt, like T-U-S-H, but it's like Toon, T-O-O-S-H. <laughs> yeah. I really want to credit these people. Yes, because they're bringing up good discussion points. Primarily, are the Carapacians actually bugs? Now, here's a- Because this is- Okay. I'm gonna- This I'm gonna... is also important- as it relates- I know I just said I'm gonna respect this Twitter user. You're fucking wrong about the bug thing. <laughs> You're fucking wrong. This is important as it relates to our conversation the last episode. No, I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say parts of this because if you were a listener and you have not been stalking our Twitter, you probably have no idea what we're fucking talking about. We got a series of tweets and it says, Re-Carapacians in the last episode. First of all, they're not bugs, they're chess pieces. Bugs don't have kings. They're clearly not mammals either. They're just humanoid chess pieces. I think in some depictions they even have those little ball gear things for elbows. Like a mechanic thing. I agree that the king thing is dumb, but I think the problem is that you are addressing them like a real society rather than a spurb construct. The king shouldn't be in the battlefield, but he is a very good final boss for the game proper. The queen is powerful and she could destroy everything, as you can see with Diamond Stroog using the miles on Act 6 but they more often act as like a political intrigue thing, I think. Something for the players to deal with while sleeping, and for the Black Queen specifically to interact with Jack. Some things don't make sense in the world, but make sense in game design context. Spurb is built for the players, not its own abstractions. And then, sorry for the threat, it's 1am, and I'm literally listening right now, and that part just made me... And then there's like a little the emoticon where it's like the V face. How do you say that out loud, Liz, that emoticon? Oh, how do I say this emoticon? B. <laughs> First off, I, thanks for listening to our podcast at one in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Please go to sleep. Your sleep cycle is very important. All of these are very good points. We gotta talk about the bugs we first. Gotta, we gotta talk about the bugs. We gotta talk about the bugs first because that's, that's the actual, that's the only problem I have with this thread is the bug thing. Here's what I'm thinking. Why can't they be bugs and chess pieces? The way I see it is that, yes, they're representations of chess pieces, but they are also organic creatures. Yes, biologically bugs. Biologically bugs. Societally. Societally. Chess pieces. Game abstractionally chess pieces. They have a hard exterior carapace, and they have a soft, fleshy skin on the inside. They have that meat in there. Yeah. We have heard from WB that they primarily eat plant matter, which is a bug thing. 
Yeah, well, you know, bugs eat different things. They but... do, but you know, <laughs> I, th- I think when you when you think of what a bug eats immediately, it's that. Yeah, that's fair. They they are definitely chess pieces, but I think they are also bugs. I think they can be both of those things at the same time. Okay, how are we defining bugs? Because it's true, bugs do have carapaces and eat plants, but the carapaceans only have two sets of limbs that we know of. We definitely cannot define them by human taxonomy because they are obviously some kind of fucking alien. Okay, fair point. Because apparently all of the game abstractions in Spurb, they are organic game abstractions. They're not, they're not computer programs because they can bleed and die and all that stuff. Right. Like, they're not holograms. They're not robots. They have free will, as far as we know. I mean, WV had an uprising. Right. Yeah. Let a whole little revolution. And yeah, they, they do have those little ball gear things for elbows. I think it's just some alien bullshit. They're not mechanical. <laughs> yeah, they're not robots. They have blood. I think it's more of an aesthetic design choice on Andrew Hussey's part. Outside of the, the media, it's just a dude drawing these things. He doesn't have to be completely biologically accurate about it. Maybe he does. I mean, the bugs the bugs have boobs. I mean, look, I think, I think we mostly call them bugs. Because we like it. Endearingly. We mostly yes. call them bugs endearingly. They're cute little bugs. They're cute little bugs. Just little bugs. Obviously, carapacean taxonomy isn't the the main focus of this Twitter thread, but we just had to get that one out of the way. They might not technically be bugs, but we are calling them bugs just because of the way we're looking at it through our, the human lens. Also because it's a cute thing. It's, it's endearing. Yeah. And also, I will say, I, I did answer this on Twitter, but I, I also wanted to answer it on air because these are very good points. Absolutely. Like, the way I'm looking at it, Whenever we talk about world building, and I'm going to say it as a blanket statement for just whenever we talk about world building in this podcast in general, and then if there's an exception, we'll say the exception. But when we talk about world building, I mean, obviously, you're not going to bring the chess people out into the real world and have them be like a society. This, these chess people were obviously created in the story to fill this role. Right. Spurb created these, if, if you're looking at this in the, the story sense. Outside of it, in the, in the meta sense, we're like, okay, yeah, Andrew Hussey did make these bugs. <laughs> Andrew Hussey did make these creatures, and, you know, everything he does is whatever he thinks. But if, if you look at it in the story, yes, you know, they, they're just game abstractions. And they're not really meant to serve each other. They're meant to be these obstacles for the players, these consorts for the players. All of these things to either help or hinder the player. But at the same time, these game abstractions are a little more advanced than like an NPC you would find in a video game because they do seem to have free will. Right. They have sentience. WV had a farm. Y- you know, they're all trying to hit on each other. <laughs> like, you, you see NPCs <laughs> do that a little bit. All of the characters who have a... POV are treated as full characters in their own right and not as the game abstractions they are within 
the world, technically speaking. The way I see it is that if these NPCs have sentience and free will outside of the players' interactions with them, we need to be treating them the same as we do John and Dave and Rose and Jade. Because even, even if, in the sense of the story, even if they weren't created for that purpose, the way the narrative has been going, they now occupy this extra purpose. And this extra purpose is whatever the fuck is happening with their storyline. Right. And this is also a whole different question from the sort of intersection of the real world and Homestuck. How much is Andrew Hussey taking from real-world stuff like chess and bug society? <laughs> like Toontush said, bugs don't have kinks, or at least not any bugs that we've studied so far. But chess pieces do have kinks. But the, the way it is, is, it looks like this is like a society that is bred out of this chess dynamic. Chess is your job, bug is your race, I guess. <laughs> in D&D, your race would be bug, and then your class would be, well, I guess it wouldn't even be chess, it would be pawn or, or queen or king or whatever. The main issue we had with the world building of the chess people is not that it doesn't make sense because, you know, the queen is powerful, but she's not doing anything because she's supposed to be more of like a political intrigue thing or that the, the king is, like, the big boss. I guess the point is, the way we were thinking about it is that you can still think like that and see that this world building is kind of flawed because the queen would also make a very good final boss. You could put her out on the battlefield and have the characters interact with her and she's the final boss. And as the game abstraction, that'd be cool. And that would make more sense in chess because when you're playing chess, the queen is, like, the first thing you have to get rid of. Or not the first thing. Most powerful piece on the board. It's the most powerful piece on the board, and it's very hard to get rid of her. So she would make an awesome final boss. In a game mechanic sense, she would be the perfect final boss, but she is locked in a tower because she is a lady. What we're critiquing is what Andrew Hussey is picking and choosing from chess and saying, really, if he had stuck closer to the actual rules of chess which he's doing so many chess metaphors here that you'd think he'd just go with it, it probably would have worked better. And yeah, we're not Andrew Hussey. And yeah, of course, I'm not writing a fan fiction where there's... Come on! I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> I don't want you to ever get at that point. <laughs> if I ever do, you will know that you've driven me to it. Fuck you. <laughs> world building can be a tricky thing and Andrew Hussey is setting up so much here sort of to tie it into a bow in this reading session he established that part of the suburb session was creating yourself yeah he's setting up all these bottles on a wall and some of them are bound to topple over Especially when some of them are extended metaphors, and some of them are time travel. He has a lot of things to keep track of, and I do not blame him for using a little bit of story shorthand for this. Because, holy shit, if you had to write an 8,000 page webcomic with like all of this world building, 
you would do a little shorthand too. That's so much. But the, the shorthand he does is at best a little confusing and at worst, like, completely sexist. Because his shorthand is usually like, oh, I'm going to have a cool twist where the leader is a girl. Right. That what we've talked about before, where it's just like the spoiler culture and stuff, where it's like, oh, well, I have to have a twist. And this is an easy twist to do. Is it an easy twist? Because it's not like a weird thing for a woman to be in charge. That's not weird. It's not. Not even accounting for the sexism part of it. If you're looking at the chess pieces, yeah, they, they, they don't work as a society. They also don't work as game abstractions, though, because <laughs> there's a completely better, easier way you could have done this game abstraction. The king would have been a really good political intrigue guy because he's, he's just like the fucking king. He's still super powerful. He's big and powerful and whatever. He could still interact with Jack. I will add that it would make sense if Snowman was the same type as the king, because if it, it, it sort of crossed metaphors here, if you sink the eight ball, the game's over. But also, if you checkmate the king, the game's over. Yeah! Holy shit, that would have been the coolest <laughs> metaphor! Can you imagine how cool Homestuck would be if <laughs> killing the king was a bigger deal? I was gonna say if we wrote Homestuck, but okay. Here, here's the thing, when we critique something, we're looking at it from a couple of different levels. A lot of it is within the actual story of itself, but most of it is gonna be on the outside because... Everyone knows what happens within the bubble of the story. It's right there. It's really easy to get into that mind space. But a lot of things start to make sense, like why, why some things are written the way they are. If you look outside and you're like, hang on, why did Andrew Hussey do this? Why did he do it like this? Yeah. If the answer is he did it like this because it was a cool plot point and it was pretty cool and it's exciting... Why is the cat scratching at the door? <laughs> cat. But if the, if the reason Andrew Hussey wrote this is because it's cool and exciting and it made a cool plot point, I'm sorry about the cat, you guys, <laughs> then that's cool. I would love to read about that. If the reason something is in the story is because, oh man, you know, I'm writing so much and I, I really just needed, like, this one thing, it's not important, it's just, you know, part of the game, just take it at face value, that's okay, I'll, I'll deal with that. But if you're doing that and it doesn't make sense, or it harms a group of people, that's when it breaks me out of the story, and I can't focus on the story anymore, because now I'm just focusing on how badly this part is written. Right. Anyway, that was our long-winded expanded upon version of our Twitter response and our appreciation of fellow critiquers. Thanks again to Toontosh because you did bring up the fact that there is like the, the story on the inside too that we do kind of forget about sometimes because or the more interesting parts to me sometimes are looking at what the fuck the author's doing. Was there anything else that happened in this in this reading session. Not aside from romantic scarf sniffing. Oh, I'm sorry. The ghost sludge. Every time you read ghost sludge out loud, 
You were so delighted. You create a paradox ghost imprint of the professional lady. The sludge builds the final two. The sludge? That's what it is. It's an ectobiologist for you. Sludge. <laughs> hey, baby, do you want to fill some tubes full of sludge with me? <laughs> God, no, don't. Don't, don't finish it. Hey, baby, do you want to fill some... No. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. <laughs> Cat, stop it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to flirt with some random people. Hey, baby, do you want to fill some tubes with sludge with me? No. No. When we're done filling the tubes, we can put it in the bottom compartment. No! no! Oh, you're fired. You can't fire me. I'm the executive producer of this podcast. Well, I'm the president of this podcast. Presidents can be impeached. In theory. <laughs> I guess that might be the end of Homestuck that we have for today. Today we read through pages 1865 through 1922. You can read all of Homestuck at homestuck.com and you can find links to the accessible versions on our Tumblr, lookhowsane.tumblr.com. You can also find episode transcriptions for all of those where you can not, not only listen to us talking about world building for 45 minutes, but you can read it. Yeah, and there's always fun little parts where you can see how I decide to explain what the heck Liz is doing with her mouth at any one point in the podcast. Ghost sludge! Exactly. I, like, how do you, how do you even? How do you even do this? That's gonna be a question for two weeks from now when I'm transcribing That's this. gonna be a fun little thing to do. <laughs> now you're just making this harder for me on purpose. We also have a Twitter at how underscore sane. That's where we got one of the image descriptions for image description in the mini game today. So if you have images that you want us to describe the next time we do image description, send them along. That's also where we got the wonderful Twitter thread from Toontosh. We're getting to the end of the act soon. If you have another Twitter thread about a bone you have to pick with us, sure, we'll talk about it before Act 5. We talk about so many things, and we like talking about things. That's why we do this. If you're a listener and you think we're not doing something justice, I want to know about it so that we can do it right later. Mm-hmm. We are always open to criticism. We may not always agree with you, i.e. Bugs. The bugs. <laughs> you're wrong about the bugs, Toontosh. I agree with everything <laughs> else you say. The bugs are bullshit. <laughs> Get off of my lawn. <laughs> Liz, remind us uh, who sent in the image for image description today. Oh yeah, that was at, at risk Resi. I'm gonna have a bone to pick with your fucking username later. <laughs> In a vacuum, I don't think it's bad. <laughs> In the specific situation that we got in Homestuck, I have a couple of bones to pick with it. Just one or two, you know. If we're talking about pre-scrub, sh- yes. What? Post-scrub, no. What? Don't worry, we'll have a whole episode about it. Oh boy! I don't know if we're going to have a whole episode about it, but I will go on at least a 20-minute rant about it. Looking forward to it. 
Anyway, John Michael does our music. He did our theme music. It's a bop. It's a jam. Also, please go rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends to come listen to us talk about whatever we talked about today. Ghost slime. Ghost sludge. Sludge. You're such, you're a fake fan. <laughs> anyway, yeah, rate and review, spread the word, all of that good stuff. And until next time, remember, Riska did nothing wrong. Who do you think Riska's Paradox clone is? It would be Risco, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Bye everyone.